Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Bible Breakfast. Uh, it is great to have you back here with us this morning. Uh, we've had a few little hiccups this morning technologically, uh, so bear with us if anything weird happens. Uh, let us know if you can't hear us properly or, or anything like that. Um, but it is great to be here again with you. Ella, why are we here? What are we doing? Hey, well, Cat's uh, here and Andy's here uh, and I'm here. Um, and we're here to um, help you um, focus your life on Jesus today. Um, and we're doing that together with you as well. Um, yeah, this is to encourage you to be doing that as an everyday rhythm. We're not just doing that on a Wednesday, but today we're doing this on Wednesday. Um, so that's what we're doing. Um, today's passage that we're reading is um, Luke chapter, chapter 7. Um, and it's the first story there. So it is one, two, ten. Um, and yeah, we want it, we want you to engage in this discussion. Um, so we'd love you to post your thoughts in the chat, um, on YouTube there. Um, and yeah, be listening in. Um, you don't have to watch us the whole time. Um, you can have a look at us now. We won't, we won't really change, uh, unless we have some sort of technological difficulty. Um, but uh, still, you can be, you can put your phone somewhere, leave it aside and just kind of write in the chat every now and then. And we encourage you to be listening. There's so much screen things that we've been watching nowadays because um, we're still in lockdown in Melbourne. Um, but yeah, if you can be listening in, that would be awesome. Yeah, uh, we uh, want to commit this time to God uh, to, yeah, sit in his presence. So we're going to open our time now with prayer. So please join me. Heavenly Father, give us wisdom and understanding. As we listen to your word, may we know you better, love you more, and learn to please you in all we do. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. So Kat, take us away with Luke chapter 7, verses 1 to 10. Sure. Uh, so, when Jesus had finished saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There, a centurion's servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him, This man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go, and he goes, and that one come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. Mm. Uh, so Ella um, is going to do our retelling this morning. We like to do this so we get a, a deeper understanding of it. And make sure you all sort of know what's going on. Yeah. Mm. 
So we've just gone through in Luke 6 um, a whole lot of teachings um, of Jesus. Um, and when Jesus finishes um, doing all of those teachings and saying all those things, um, he entered Capernaum. Uh, and there the sermon of this um, centurion, or like I assume he's like a Roman official or something like that, um, comes and, um, yeah, he, well, hold on. No, the, the servant was sick um, and he, uh, someone else comes. Who comes? Uh, uh, he sends the, the teachers, the elders, the yeah, Jewish the elders. elders the yeah. um, and they kind of say to um Jesus, look, this man really deserves for you to heal this person. He's done all these things. Um, he's done all these things for like the synagogue. Uh, come and come and heal um, this man's servant um, who he really values. Um, and then um, the centurion, the Roman officer, sends some friends. Um, and the friends say something different to Jesus. Um, they kind of say, um, yeah, the, the centurion sends this message of like, I don't really deserve to have you um, come to me. Um, I don't really think I'm worthy for that. Um, but like, if you if you just say, Jesus, um, that uh, you want my servant to be healed, then I, I know that he'll be healed. And then he kind of describes his own authority and how that works um, and how he knows yeah, that he can kind of command people to do things and they do things. Um, and then Jesus is amazed um, and he says to the crowd, I haven't seen great faith like this even in Israel. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we find that the servant of the centurion is healed. Right. I'm just quickly going to go grab my glasses, guys. <laughs> but I look forward to joining you again in a moment. Okay. <laughs> we'll wait for your return. <laughs> um, cool. Good. Um, so we have uh, a few questions that we like to uh, wrestle with as we as we look at um, the Bible. Uh, and, we'd, yeah, we'd love to hear your thoughts on any of these questions as well. Just pop them in the chat and we'll, we'll have a look at that um, from time to time, morning to die uh, in the chat. Um, yep, good to have you with us. Um, so what does this passage teach us about God and what does it teach us about Jesus? Mm. I mean, it shows, it shows his power, right? Like he doesn't even need to, I mean, it sounds like he doesn't even get close to the house. Yeah. Like he's still, oh, I guess it says he was not, he was not far from the house. So maybe he was uh, down the street or entering the suburb or something, um, but still, like, didn't even have to to see the person, see the slave, and it was just like, yeah, don't worry about it. He's healed already. Yeah. And it, it doesn't even record Jesus saying, like, the centurion says just say a word. It doesn't even record Jesus saying anything like be healed or, like, any magic words. It's just Jesus just says to the crowd, I haven't seen a great faith like this. That's, that's true. It's not like there's even... Like he doesn't even tell them that the servant's been healed. It's it's just happened. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't pick up on that. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. There's no like, because he's done that before where he's like, 
um, I'm thinking of the story of the girl who dies. Um, yeah, maybe. And he's like, go up and, and check on her because she's fine. So he, he gives them that instruction to to do, you know, go and see that it's been done. Um, but in this one, he doesn't even, it's like a super casual miracle. It's just like, wow, this guy's got great faith. Isn't that nice? <laughs> and then they go home and find him fine. Like, yeah, interesting. I wonder why. Yeah, I wonder why he would have done that. Just hmm. not told them. Maybe because of the faith, like. Oh, is it? Okay, here we go. Is it because the centurion said, um, uh, but say the word and my servant will be healed. So so the centurion has the faith that Jesus can just command this servant to be healed, you know, just with a word. And then Jesus actually one-ups that and he doesn't even say a word and he's healed. Yeah, I was, I was wondering that, like, mm. I don't know what the implication of it is, but just like, yeah, he's like, this guy's got this amazing mm. amount of faith and I'm going to even do more than mm. what he expected of me. Like I'm even bigger than that kind of yeah. thing. Mm. Um, yeah, because, yeah, I think it it reminds us that like because the Bible talks about this somewhere where it says, you know, God can do immeasurably more than all we ask mm. or imagine. Mm. Um, and you know, that he's good and he wants to give us good things. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, like this seems to be an example of that. Like, here's what I'd really like from you and you just need to say it. And it's like, don't even need to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. At this, uh, yeah. I love that at the same time as Jesus is being amazing, he is also amazed by the centurion mm. and I, I love that. Um, like, I love that. Um, yeah, I, I've written at some point in, I've underlined that word at some point in my Bible and I've written um, Jesus is affected by people mm. uh, in a way. And I, I love that that's, this is one example of that. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Ella, kind of tacking on to your Jesus is affected by people. Um, the thing that I notice as well is like it says at the beginning, you know, um, when Jesus finished, you know, all the teaching that he was giving, um, he went off and went to this place called Capernaum. And I'm guessing he had like a reason for why he's gone there. Um, and we might find that out further along. But like the very first thing recorded is, you know, oh, and then this guy came up to him and it's like, oh, he got interrupted, like, um, and, yeah, like I like that because it's like um, Jesus is willing to, I guess, roll with the punches a bit. Like he's just kind of had this, I mean, he probably knew that this person was going to come up and say all this, but, like, um, yeah, it's just real cool but it's not like he's like, oh, I'm going into Capernaum because there someone is going to come to me and say X, Y, Z. He's just like, I'm going into Capernaum. And he has time for this person um, and time for the conversation. And, um, yeah, like we've just been doing our series on prayer at church and um, one of the takeaways has been, you know, how much God wants to hear um, our prayers, you know, so so much wants to hear what's going on in our lives and 
um, what we're thinking and feeling and all of that. And like, again, yeah, this is just a really great example that Jesus isn't just like, oh, look, I'm, I'm on my way to, you know, visit some friends or to go teach at this synagogue. He's like, yeah, I've got time for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, Dyes highlighted something really important in the chat as well, that we're also being given a glimpse into God's plan for all to come to know him. Uh, the story is significant in that the centurion is a Roman in a high position uh, and yet he recognises Jesus's position as well. Um, so that would have been quite controversial at the time because, um, you know, there was still that thought that um, the Jewish people were, were the only ones that were in relationship with God. And, yeah, Jesus has come to to make, to make let everyone have that relationship. Uh, so this is sort of that, that sprinkling of that that we through, see throughout Jesus's life and ministry that we... Um, yeah, it doesn't matter who we are. Like, it doesn't matter what authority we have on earth. doesn't matter what cultural background we're from. doesn't matter where we live. Uh, Jesus is is here for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also, um, a bit that sort of stood out to me is <clears throat> that the people that come to Jesus to ask him to come and heal the servant are um, the Jewish elders Um And it's interesting because they plead with him saying, you know, this man deserves for you to come and heal his servant. Um, He loves our nation. He's built our synagogue. Like there's this real sense of like he's done all this stuff Mm. and he really deserves it and let's build a case for him, Mm. maybe because they thought, well, Jesus won't come because he's not Jewish. Mm. Um, And I just, I don't know, I find it interesting because then it says, so Jesus went with them, like which would imply that he thought that their argument was a good one. Mm. Um, So I just find that interesting because it's like I sort of expect him to be like, well, that's not a good reason for why I should do it, you know. Um, But, like, he doesn't seem to, you know, rebuke them for for that reasoning or anything. Um, but also, yeah, like they could have appealed to him on the grounds of like all people are valuable and we're supposed to love each other and so can you yeah. come do this compassionate, merciful thing. Um, but, yeah, like he still he still listens to the reasoning that they give and is willing to go with it. Mm. One thing that's not clear to me, and you guys might, might have read it differently or something, when... When the Jewish elders come to Jesus, they say this man deserves you to do this because he loves the nation and he's built our signal God. When they say this man, do you think they're referring to the centurion or the servant? Because that because the servant could be Jewish, right? That's possible. Were there, were there still Jewish servants? I don't actually know. I, I read it as the centurion, but I'm happy yep. to be. No, no I, I genuinely don't know. Uh, maybe yeah, someone in the I chat. Feel like, like the, it's very much written as the the passage is written as there was, um, oh fair. But he's the servant is always referred to by the centurion. Um, yeah, and like his master really values him, and like there's not, and the centurion had heard of Jesus, uh, and so. Um, he asked Jesus and then, um, like, later on, the centurion's friends are, like, send the message of, look, I don't really deserve this. Like, mm. there's a lot around the centurion and heal the servant for the centurion because the centurion values him. 
Yeah. Um, uh, Di in the chat thinks that the servant is Jewish. Okay. Um, Di, is that, do you have uh, <laughs> knowledge of that or is that your gut? Like it's my gut. I'm going to look up another translation real quick. Um, yeah, it's an interesting question because, I, yeah, I read it as this man being the centurion because that's where the story seems to have got us to so far. Yeah. Um, particularly that line about, you know, this servant, who he really valued. Um, and so it's yeah. like he deserves to have you take care of this servant that he really values is yeah. kind of how I read it. Um, yeah. No, I found it. It's, yeah, they're referring to the centurion. Um, in the New Century version, uh, that reads, the men went to Jesus and begged him saying, this officer is worthy of your help. He loves our people. He's built us a synagogue. So there you go. They are talking about the, um, yeah. But isn't, um, but isn't that interesting then, like thinking about people, who's the person that they want Jesus to do it for? They want him to do it for like the important important yeah. guy in charge not for the servant who's sick and about to die don't save yeah. him for his own sake save him for the sake of this guy that we really like yeah. he really deserves it <laughs> yeah. um mustard school movement is in the chat again uh we know as we chan uh, uh he says um the quote is for he loves our nation he's and has built us a synagogue and we chan says that a servant would not have the authority to build a synagogue which is true but i the way i read it is he was like actually building the synagogue like putting the bricks and stuff down not that he yeah anyway uh he also says the servant would most likely have been jewish but the elders were certainly referring to the centurion in their appeal so there you go um yeah so that that yeah goes back to what you were saying kat that like it was very much not about do this because you like it's the loving thing to do it was <laughs> this centurion's a great bloke so you should help him out <laughs> yeah. which i think is just amazing because again it just it shows us how countercultural jesus is and mm. god is like because i think in in our modern western world you know being kind and and thoughtful and good you know we we know that like it's fashionable it's mm. um you know the average person does it um but like in this situation, like it's not. Um, yeah. It's very, very different. Yeah. Mm. All right. It is 20 past, so we should, we've already sort of started moving on to the second part of the, of the discussion, but what does this passage teach us about people? We've already said that um, it shows how they've they're sort of got that works-based um, thought process that uh, they, um, yeah, they think that Jesus should do the loving thing because the centurion's nice and <laughs> has done good things um but also yeah. i i love the the fact that the centurion sends his friends um and yeah it starts to be like i don't deserve this um i i think there's a beautiful humility that comes from that mm. um and i don't think he's yeah, I don't think he's he's thinking of his like I've I've built the, the synagogue and blah blah blah. He just goes, no, yeah, I, I know who you are, Jesus. I know how much authority you have. And I've, yeah, yeah, that's really yeah. Well, this is this is another one of those stories then that the Jewish leaders continue to get it wrong, and the non you know the people without that that um, 
uh, I don't know, backgrounds, that knowledge, that teaching, you know, the because the Jewish leaders are meant to be the ones who are the most wise and learned about the, the Jewish customs and tradition and know the prophecies of, of the coming Messiah, and yet they just miss it every single time. And it's always the the people that you wouldn't expect culturally to get it. And so that's that's what you're seeing in the centurion, that he, he gets it much more mm-hmm. than the Jewish leaders do. Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't write them off as completely being wrong. Like as Kat said before, it says in verse six, so Jesus went with them. Oh, sure. Yeah. There was some yeah, like there was there was some impetus or some reason why Jesus went with them that that the Jewish leaders gave to Jesus. And I wonder yeah. if if we hadn't have had this spiel from the Jewish leaders about um yeah, like the there's some sort of um like he's building a synagogue, the the centurion. So he's interested in something about Jesus, and we kind of get that that idea from the first bit, um, or something about God, even. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I will. I, yeah. Maybe I was being too harsh to these guys in particular, but um, I think I still think the heart of it is like the heart of centurion is much more closely aligned with the heart um, that the Jewish leaders have. Like, um, Mm. yeah. Um, I have a, I have a thought that is not very formed because yeah. I process externally. That's what we're here for, Kat. That's sort of this is all about. <laughs> um, so, like, I'm just going to throw almost a question out there for you guys to wrestle with. Cool. Um, I feel like maybe there's something in this whole talk about authority and being a person under authority and with authority and I say this and they do this. I don't know. I feel like there's something that that teaches us about people, but I don't know what. Yeah, yeah. that, that was exactly what I was going to bring up. Um, that so good. Got, <laughs> we're in sync, yeah. Um, that we've got this example of of the centurion who even says, "I am I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me." I tell this one to go, and he goes. That one comes, he comes. Um, I say this to my servant, uh, do this, and he does it. This this guy is a, a guy who knows like chain of command, um, and so he knows that um, that he has people that are subservient to him, like the servant. Um, but he also has people above him that can give him orders as well. And so I think in that, he's acknowledging that Jesus is the ultimate authority because um, like in the sentence before, in the breath before, say the word and my servant will be healed. Mm-hmm. And so he knows that Jesus has that authority to say something and for it to be done. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally what I was getting at. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm sure there's something there, but my brain is just not getting to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kaz is also in the chat saying, um, just about our previous discussion about the elders, um, Jesus was willing to go with those elders, even if their motives were misguided, mm. which gives me hope, Kaz hope, that uh, uh, that Jesus is there for me, even if my own understandings are misguided. So yeah. that's, yeah. That's a great point, Kat. Uh, Kaz. Um, yeah, it's good. And so uh, how should this passage affect the way that we live?
I think the author. Oh, you go. Oh, no, go, Andy. No, you go because I've I've just spoken a lot. You haven't spoken for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, one of the things that Kat said before was that Jesus was willing to be interrupted, um, and I think that's that's probably a common thing that we see uh, in in the Bible. We often see Jesus be interrupted, and I'm often really challenged by this idea because I'm like, well, if I'm as, as a disciple of Jesus, if, if I'm learning to be more like Jesus, what does that look like for me? Um, and when are those times when I go like, no, I'm, I'm busy now. <laughs> this is, <laughs> I have this, I have this big schedule and I'm, I'm sure <laughs> I can't, no, I can't talk to you. Um, <laughs> In exactly that voice every time. That's yeah, your praying voice, isn't it? <laughs> um, that's, that's me. That's who I am. Um, <laughs> and, um, I just, yeah, I'm I'm challenged by that. I've I've heard of a person um, seeking to answer every single phone call that they that they get and never leaving anyone on on voicemail. And I don't, I don't think that's what what we're being called to when Jesus when we see Jesus being interrupted all the time. But it also makes me think, like, how can we be more available and not think of ourselves as too big that we can't help those little people mm. who kind of interrupt us. Um, yeah. yeah. Or, or being interruptible by God too. Like yeah. um, that, you know, we should be open to to hearing what he has to say to us and, and what his promptings are in our day-to-day life. Yeah. 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 Mm. And Di has picked up on what I was going to talk about, so I'll bring her comment into this. Uh, we're also being guided by the centurion as to how to live under the authority of God. Um, that, yeah, we have to acknowledge, regardless of what our status is in the world, that God is just infinitely higher authority than than we ever could be. Um, yeah, and just trusting that he has he has the authority to to do miracles like he's done in this passage, that he has the authority you know, over sickness and death and, and um, you know, we don't always understand his plan, but we have to trust. If we trust that he's got the power to do good things, we have to trust that he's doing them for good, you know, even when it's confusing. Mm. Uh, Wei Chan is also in the chat. Uh, the centurion who had more authority than anyone considered himself unworthy, whereas everyone around him saw that humility and considered him worthy. Uh, goes on to quote, the first will be last, the last will be first. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right on. Yeah. I think we really see that. Yeah. Mm. I think um, the one of the bits that I liked was, yeah, this so Jesus went with them. And um, similar to what Kaz said in the chat, like I think uh, speaking for myself at least, I can sometimes get caught up in this idea that I have to have kind of sorted out what my prayer is before I bring it to God mm. so mm. that I'm asking for something that, like, is consistent and makes sense, whereas it's like just just bring the mess. Like, yeah. it can be confusing and contradictory and all, like, I just want to hear it. Mm. Um, and he knows what to do with it. Um, even if it's like, oh, can I please, you know, have this, but then I also want this thing and, oh, how do they yeah. go together? <laughs> yeah. 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 Cool. All right. I think that's going to do us for today. We're going to close in prayer in a minute. Um, actually, no, we'll close in prayer and then we've got some housekeeping. So, um, uh, yeah, join us uh, in 
pray. Am I going to, am I leading this? I'll just pray. Uh, Lord and Heavenly Father, you have brought us safely to this new day. Keep us by your mighty power, protect us from sin, guard us from every kind of danger, and in all we do this day, direct us in the fulfilling of your purpose through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Uh, so for two reasons, uh, the Bible breakfast is going to start looking a little bit different. Uh, one is that I'm trying to recruit, uh, another person to, to be in here. So stay tuned for that. I'm still having a couple of conversations, but number two is far more exciting. I think, uh, Ella, what's, why will you in particular look different next week? (laughs) I in particular, um, I, I solely, um, will look different. Uh, next week because uh, I am shaving my hair. Woo! Um, <laughs> so exciting. I'm so nervous. Um, and I'm shaving my hair in particular because um, I want to raise money um, to support different organisations that are working to protect and care for people who have experienced modern day slavery. Um, so that looks like human trafficking, um, like sex slavery, um, and like other forms of modern day slavery, which still exists, um, which is ah, <laughs> not okay. Um, and so, yeah, I really want to help out those organizations who are working, um, with people impacted by that. Um, and so I am shaving my hair and if you can, um, or would like to, um, sponsor me to do that, um, I've, yeah, particularly love um, people who are willing to just chip in a little bit um, and like chip in $20 or and, and come on a journey with me of supporting um, those people. Um, and there's a live stream that you can watch as well um, on Saturday at 2 p.m. Uh, if you want to see it all happen. Is that, um, I've just put a link in the chat to where people can go to, to support you. That's an excellent thing you're doing, Ella. Um, is there a link to the live stream on the fundraising page or is it the other way around? Yeah, there is. Yeah. There is. Okay, great. So hit that link in the chat. Um, I'll pop it in the description of the podcast version as well. Um, and uh, yeah, go and support Ella. It's very exciting. Super exciting. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, that is going to do us uh, for this week. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we hope to see you again live next Wednesday. 8 a.m. for our continued look at Luke. Bye for now. See ya. Bye.